Welcome to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay, where we discuss growth strategies both for business and a personal perspective. Good morning and welcome to The Growth Show. Today's guest is David Oasey. Good morning, David. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. A pleasure to be here. Well, thanks for joining me. So I've, I've seen quite a lot of you recently, even though we live in different continents and we've never met one another. Um, but you're a member of the Trends community, um, which is a, a paid subscription service, which I've been a member of for three or four years. And you've been featuring quite heavily with some of the marketing and copywriting um, stuff that you've been doing, and in, in particular how how you how you built some networks on LinkedIn. So, yeah, I I I've I follow what you, followed what you've been up to, and I'm really interested to learn a little bit about about you as a person and your journey. So, welcome to the Growth Show, and David, over to you in terms of your background. Um, I'd be interested to learn some more. Of course. Thank you, Matt. Uh, it's always a pleasure to connect with people, especially outside of North America. Uh, recently, I've actually been doing a lot of work with people from Australia and New Zealand. So uh, this is a, a lot of fun connecting outside of North America. But my name is David. I was actually born in Nigeria and I live in Canada. So I'm calling from Canada here. And um, I studied computer science and business uh, at university. And my dream, like most young people, is to be the next, you know, Steve Jobs, the Bill Gates was kind of like the people we looked up to. So I figured if I was going to be a tech entrepreneur, well, you need to understand computer science, how to code, all of that fun stuff. But then as I started my first year of university, I came across an opportunity to start my first business. It was a franchise of a painting company here in Canada. It gets really cold, which means we need to paint our houses very frequently. So there was quite an arbitrage opportunity in business. Just go out, knock on doors in the winter line up a lot of contract work as a university student, and then in the summer, get uh, trained some university students and you paint houses. Pretty straightforward. We did like almost, you know, almost a million dollars in a couple of summers doing that. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, so for me, as after doing that, I was like, hmm, I actually love business more than I love computer science. And business is kind of like my first love. And then computer science came second. But then fast forward to today, I found a way to combine both passions of mine. So how do we bring technology and all these cool tools, AI and automation, how do we bring them to everyday business people so that they can actually use it to scale, leverage and grow their business? And that's what I do today with my marketing agency. We use all sorts of cool technologies from automation to AI generated videos uh, to you know, SMS uh, automated uh, automations uh, and uh, you know CRM and kind of bunching everything up together. And we may be able to find a way to use that to generate leads for clients at scale. And uh, I love tinkering with stuff. Recently, I've been very obsessed with uh, chat GPD, which I'm sure you, you've heard sure. about. Yeah, I was, we, I was gonna we... I was gonna mention that as one of our <laughs> topics. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the things we've been working on is how do we use this to uh, make the process of creating for example, websites you know, like Shopify or like a, um, a Wix website or something. How can you use something like ChatGPT to make that process very easy? So my team and I, we've kind of been diving into this in the last couple of days. But uh, I'm a bit of a tinker. I love experimenting with lots of stuff. Experimenting brings me a lot of joy and satisfaction. And of course, transferring those experimentation into like real businesses to get real results is the ultimate satisfaction. So a little bit about me there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I remember the story about your your painting journey. And actually, ironically, one of the businesses that I have is a painting and decorating company, which I right. I set I set up during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a painting decorator. I've got no idea how to do any of that manual stuff. I've never, never, you know, my wife always um, takes the piss out of me because my fingers are so soft and I've never done a hard <laughs> day's work in her, in her words. Um, but Actually, I, I really like that kind of connectivity between 
online marketing, digital lead generation, and kind of tangible businesses. And so I've 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 had a couple of those. So I've got a flooring company that I set up uh, in, mm. in about 2016, and we've got that up to about a million turnover. And the painting and decorating one is a new one, so we've just got that to about um, yeah about 300,000 of turnover for, for its first year of trading. So, um, but it, but but actually, it's quite interesting how you can. Because my approach has always been to use what I describe as kind of omni-channel marketing, because I think if you're too reliant on, you know, Google SEO for your for your leads, then, you know, you're potentially vulnerable when they change their algorithm. And so I've always looked for, you know, different different channels. And, and I think one of the channels that I know that you're a keen advocate of and you've had some really good success with is, is LinkedIn. Um, and I think what what the, the 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 kind of purpose of the growth show is to it was started during lockdown when you know everyone was everyone was was at home and they weren't able to kind of you know carry out day-to-day -day activities as normal and the idea is to kind of provide people with inspiration for businesses that they might be thinking about what what advice and ideas would you be giving to somebody that you know maybe has got an inkling of an idea that they want to take forwards and you know they they could potentially use some of the distribution techniques that 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 we're talking about here what what would be your kind of starting point with a with a new new concept new idea absolutely the first thing i would, i would think about is um i'm a huge fan of naval ravikan i'm not sure if you're familiar with, with naval ravikan is this yeah. business philosopher here in north america and basically, the way I would start thinking about it is talking about the laws of leverage. So leverage is basically your ability to 10x, 100x, 1,000x, a million x your outputs using a very simple or small amount of input. And for me, that's always how I think. Like, that's the frame I'm always thinking. Well, how can I use leverage? And there are four levers of leverage. we got labor and capital. So those, those are what Naval called... Um, uh, permission leverage because you actually need someone's permission to you know how to work for you or to borrow your money or to invest in your business now that those types of leverage are typically out of the control of most people most of us or especially if you're starting out you don't have someone who's going to invest you no know, five hundred thousand dollars into your business and you can go hire you know the, the best talents that you can find because you just can't afford them that leaves us with the second types of leverage which is what we call non-permission leverage and is code and media. So code is software. So you don't need anyone's permission to use software. And media is social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and all the likes. You don't need anyone's permission to use this platform. And for me, that's really where I've spent a lot of my time trying to figure out how can I use these two leverage points to grow my business. And you can combine them in many ways. You know, you got influencer marketing, you got email, you got uh, you, you got um, LinkedIn, which we're going to talk about in a minute here. And you got all these other channels. And the question is, how can you experiment with all of those things to find the, the the medium that fits perfectly with your skill set, where your ideal, ideal clients are, and where you can then infuse uh, software to basically leverage it. And that's basically what I've done with LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has almost 850 million annual users. And the reason why I like LinkedIn also is because the profiles are usually very, very accurate. If you're looking for somebody, there's a tool called LinkedIn Sales Navigator that allows you to very precisely find exactly who you want to find, job title, location, uh, you know, how long they've been working at the company, the company size, you can very, very finely find those people with LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And then what we then do is we then use automation to, to so we find those people, we build those lists of thousands, thousands of people based on what we're looking for. And then we connect that to um, a, a tool that's, that's automated to it. And many of them, we've got MidAfrica, we've got DocDocSoup, we've got, uh, you know, Ulink. 
And then we use those automations to start conversations. We don't spam people. We don't just like, you know, start just vomiting into the affairs because no one likes that. It doesn't work, frankly. I've tried it, by the way. It doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So what we do is we use automations to start conversations. And then we have this message framework where once someone connects with you, you start with something very open-ended. And then from that open-ended conversation, you then start to then ask them about, hey, what's going on? What do you do? What kind of clients do you work with? What's the problems you're having in your business right now? And then as you start to unfold those conversations, they start to like open up and tell you, hey, this is what I'm actually facing right now. And then you then start to then say, okay, you're a fit for my offer. Here's how I can help you. Does it make sense to jump on a one-on-one to share a little bit more? And that's how we fill up our calendars. It's pretty amazing. Uh, by the way, we actually do have like an appointment setters who would have these conversations on behalf of our clients, but it really works. A little bit tedious, but it really works. And then we have a CRM that we've go high level, by the way, where we've connected everything on the back end. It makes everything super easy for all of our teams and our clients to see what's going on as clients move through the pipeline. Uh, and then in addition to that, we also like, you know, inserted very interesting things like, you know, AI generated videos where you're able to like, you know, record yourself for an hour running through AI models. The AI models learn how you speak, how your face moves, your, your intonation, like your accent and all that stuff. And then basically we're able to load up list and then you're able to then create personalized Loom-like greetings. So if you're you know, familiar with the Loom platform where you can record yourself and say, hey, John, whatever, and, and do your pitch, be able to replicate the same thing except that AI generates those videos. So uh, the idea of sharing all of this is to tell you that there's so many opportunities to leverage when it comes to code and media. You can forget, you know, capital, raising money and, you know, hiring a whole bunch of people that could be very expensive and out of reach. But in the world of code and media, there's so many opportunities. And I think right now, if you want to grow a business and you're not quite sure what to even do, I think the first thing is, how can I build an audience? How can I start connecting with people? Because once you figure that out, the offer will just naturally come and you already have a mechanism of delivering those offers to people. Just a matter of how can I get attention? Attention is the biggest currency right now you can get. And if you can infuse code, to get that attention, whether it's through automation, whether it's through content creation, you're set. And you know, you can build any business you want to really. Really, really interesting. Yeah. It's and these are these are lots of the themes that I personally kind of resonate with and I actually have implemented and used in my own businesses. And I think even to the to the extremes of um within Jasper, the uh the AI content writer, I found a template that that somebody sent me where you can you can create a short video sales letter script. Um so that basically gives you that introductory content so it writes it for you. And then you've got something that's really well refined and composed and well structured from a sales perspective and i think there's lots of that kind of implementation that you can do even if you're not a good copywriter you know mm. there's there's tools out there now that can help you to achieve you know much better results than you'd be able to achieve by yourself just by that kind of refinement as well it's uh, I, I definitely agree i think right now the game is just laying playing with as many tools as possible there's so many tools out there like so many things you can use to change your game if you're not good at something, there is a tool out there. The question is, how can you manipulate and use that tool to fit your own specific use case? And I think you have the open mind of experimenting with different tools and being willing to put your money where your mouth is because some of these tools are not free. But you play, I mean, I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just buying subscription for different tools, seeing how they work, use it for like a couple of rounds. Ah, that doesn't work for me. And then moving on to the next one. And then you find this amazing big one that just changes the game for you. For example, AI generated videos 
it was the same experience for me where I'm like, I don't want to create all these personalized videos you know, as for like my pitching. Like I did that. It was very tedious. Sometimes people don't watch them and you're like, really? I spent all this time creating this video for you. I didn't even watch it. Uh, and, and then we were able to find out, oh, if we use AI to generate these videos, it doesn't cost me any time. And if people watch it, great. And I converted some of those into customers. And then sometimes people don't watch it. That's fine as well. It didn't take me a lot of effort to create anyways. And those are like just leverage points. So for me, leverage is like the most favorite word I have in, in the world of business. How can you find leverage and you know, leverage slash arbitrage? And if you can find those two things, uh, you can build a billion dollar business without doing much effort. I mean, relatively much effort. But uh, those are kind of like my favorite word of business leverage. I, I agree 100%. And I think one of the things, and this is one of my kind of reasons for always being interested in technology and the kind of advancements that it has, is that this this gives us the ability to scale, right? Whereas historically, I'd have had to go to a meeting and, you know, sit in front of people one to one and talk to them about my ideas, my, you know, whatever, whatever product or service it is that I'm introducing to them with with the power of, you know, artificial intelligence videos or even even loom videos right you could i've got a technique where i can record them so they they, they look like they're personalized i just don't say their name right the person's name mm. um and that then get and i'm I, there's a you know there's a screenshot of me in the corner of somebody somebody's website you know that kind of thing so it is it's personalized in the sense of i've recorded a video that's me on their website and i think that by by doing things to that level you're 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 different to everybody else particularly on linkedin where you know everybody gets bombarded with these messages day in day out but not that many people are doing video messages and if you do that you, you're 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 stepping into a slightly different arena and look, it, it, it's a difficult thing to do. You know, there's a bit of kind of emotional hurt in doing that as well, isn't there? Because recording it, it's difficult and you don't always get it right and so on and so forth. So I think, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting, interesting approach. There's actually a platform that does that with AI. It's called sendportion.com. So S-E-N-D-P-O-T-I-O-N.com. And what it will do is... Uh, it will have you record a standardized recording where you are just like a loom video. You are sort of in the in the little corner in the background, and then you load in a whole bunch of of email addresses, and it will pull the the website addresses, and it will create a sort of like it will mimic you being on their website and scrolling through while you're doing your pitch, and that's automated with AI. Uh, right. You're not actually doing that by yourself. So actually, there's a tool that, that that does that, and I you know I, I have a course where I taught my students how to do that. And we have that training in there and it's pretty mind-blowing what you can do with that because you, we just use that in our email uh, outbound marketing and of course mm -hmm. you can even use that in linkedin as well uh, but that's that's pretty powerful uh, uh platform for for that for sure it's a great strategy yeah no interest so you you touch on email marketing there as well because obviously there's been an explosion of all these uh different kind of scraping technologies and pieces of information so that you can assemble lists of you know quite quite targeted data just from google and other other sources as well do you use outbound much is that kind of a core part of your your strategy or yeah, we, we use email marketing in two in two sense. The first one is, the first scenario is just literally to pitch people. So we go to Apollo.io. I don't know if you're familiar with that platform, Apollo.io. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, really yeah. great for getting email addresses. And then we basically then use this Loom sort of approach, which is using the send portion 
sendpotion.com platform to create right. these personalized videos. And we like have like the first message sequence is, John, I recorded a 15 seconds video for you. And people always open it because they're very curious. Who's this person recording a 15 second video for me? But it is the AI video. And then we use uh, one of those AI tools, Jasper, to like write the copy for the offer. And we kind of send it out. So it's, it's really like robust and, and powerful. The second way we use um, email marketing is on the LinkedIn campaigns. So because of this new um, restrictions that LinkedIn introduced, where you can only do, I believe it is 100 connection requests per week. What we do is we do the 100 connection requests, but then we then send out emails automatically, by the way, to people saying, connect with me on LinkedIn, but we send out that as an email. So that we'll be able to connect with more people. So it would be an email that will go to a, a potential lead and say, hey, John, I see that you're on LinkedIn. Let's connect. Here's a link to connect. And that just sent out automatically. So we got lots of people connected with us that way. And that's one way we kind of get out, outside of the, the rules and, and the limits uh, of, of LinkedIn. So those are the two ways we use email marketing in the business to boost our, our LinkedIn campaigns. And also generally like do email normal code outreach. But I find that code outreach is very tricky because way more emails have been sent out now. There's so much you need to do to get those em emails into the inbox of people. Absolutely. So that's yeah. uh, always very tricky business. I don't specialize in email marketing. So I wouldn't say that, you know, I, I know everything to to get your emails to, uh, to, the, to the inbox. But if I'm doing like a very, very specific targeting campaign. I mean, I typically will like warm up the email address for like a couple of weeks. And I always sure. have like some email uh, boxes that are always on constant warm up, always on constant warm up. So that way, when I have a need, I have a couple of domain names that are always on warm up. I just kind of like draft one domain name in and I use it for a campaign. But I rely more on LinkedIn because it's a little bit more predictable than uh, emails where you're not quite sure if it's going to get into the spam folder or the, there's just so many barriers for email, that, in my opinion. And that's kind of what I, I've, I found. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those email warm up services do seem to work well, particularly with a with a new domain. So, ju just for those listeners who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, basically, listeners and viewers, basically, what we're talking about is you typically would go and set up a separate domain name to your kind of key domain. Then you go and warm it up. So it might have a hyphen in the middle, but it's effectively the same thing. Then you go and warm up that domain. There's Lemwarm. There's a number of other e email warm up services that can basically um, accelerate the. Um, it could, basically, when you when you have a cold domain and you send emails, it's more likely to go into spam filters. And so what these email services do is they send emails from one server to another, and they they basically make the email servers like your domain. I think is probably a fair way of of describing it is my understanding yeah so it basically uh, allows you to pretend as if you were exchanging emails with somebody else exactly. but it's just yeah. two servers exchanging emails and that boosts the reputation score uh, sure. of your email and uh, that does just kind of helps it prepare for actual real code email although uh, i believe there was a question you asked me earlier and i don't think i properly answered it which was something okay. around if you were a new business owner looking to like uh, get an idea to market like how would you yeah yeah, it? I, yeah yeah sure I, I don't think i did a good uh, answer on that so i want to kind of like follow, follow up because i think Please, that's a very yeah. very important question i i uh, i've tried different frameworks over the years and i find that the lean startup method seems to be a better approach for me at least and for yeah. my students that i teach this and i don't know if you're familiar with the lean startup approach it's by it's coined by a gentleman called eric rice and this guy mm -hmm. is super uh, super famous in silicon valley for bringing this approach like big companies like Dropbox and bigger companies like I've used this when they were starting out. And basically it's, I've kind of like modified it in a different way to fit my own use case. And it's for me like a 90 day sprint and I follow for every new idea I have or something I want to launch It's a 90 day sprint. So when I divide those 90 days into like chunks of 30 days, my first 30 days is all investigation. 
So what I do is if I have a new idea, I want to do investigation. I want to learn as much information, as much data I can about this problem. So I have two sections in this investigation phase. I have the micro investigation and the macro investigation. The macro is I'm looking for high level trends, keywords, volume. I go on Google Trends. How many people are searching for this keyword? Do people actually have this problem? I go on uh, places like Answer the Public. How are people asking questions? in relation to this keyword you know what are the biggest problems they ask and i go to tiktok and I, I look at like sort of the seo in terms of the question around this keyword how many people are asking these questions so uh i don't know of course i also go to like you know things like samurai i look at who are my biggest competitors like what kind of volume are they getting for to their website where are they getting this volume from is it from paid search is it from organic is it from seo like i, I do all this like a high level sort of understanding of okay there's something here there's a competitor they're doing well there's an opportunity here or there's an opportunity here no competitor i don't want to go into a space where there's no competitor and then in the micro sense of my research i'm trying to find out how are people actually having how are they talking about this problem individually so i go to uh to reddit threads like how are people on reddit talking about this problem i also do customer interviews so that's where i really ask people who fit the ideal demography of the problem Hey, how are you solving this problem right now? What's the biggest, what's your, what, what option are you using? How much are you paying for it? Are you willing to pay a lot for it? So basically I've first started is really doing a lot of investigation at the macro level and the micro level. And once I have enough data to tell me, okay, there is something here, there's a potential here, then I move to the next stage. And the next stage is the testing and experimentation phase. That's where I build the offer. So you kind of come up with your MVP. It doesn't have to be anything flashy. It's just literally the offer. And then those people I started to interview, those people who have talked about the problem and who have expressed and confirmed that, yeah, there's a problem here. I then go back to them and say, hey, here's my offer. Are you interested in this? And then I you know if they're interested, I get my first client there. I, usually I would like this for free for them or like a, a very, very discounted rate in exchange for a testimonial. And then I do, I have another strategy I call the offer domination post. So what I do is I go to my social media and say, hey, everybody, um, here's my offer. Here's what I'm doing. Here's the outcome I'm trying to get you. If you're this person, I'd love to give you a free something I've created. So it could be a free training, a free ebook, a free guide, a free cheat sheet, just something for them to raise up their hands and confirm to me that they're interested in this. So that's a way for me to, I, I don't build anything first. I write the post and I create the post before I build anything. And then and, if people so, raise up so, their hands. So, sorry to interrupt. So by doing that, you're creating, identifying product market fit at that point exactly. in time, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's, so I've, I've done all of my research. I know all the words, the way they're describing the product. And then I create that post. And then the idea is, are people going to raise up their hands and like, yeah, you know what? I would like that free stuff. And it has to be free. So you have to give them something for free. But then they're basically identifying themselves as a potential client for that offer. And then once I get a few of those people, and then I know that there's a bit of a product market fit, maybe I still need to refine my offer a little bit or like my delivery, but I know that there's an interest there. Then that's when I scale the offer. That's when we start to do things like the LinkedIn automation that I have like SMS campaigns that I use as well. We do, you know, of course, paid ads, you can do paid ads. Usually I don't do paid ads yet, but if you want to, you can do paid ads, like, you know, put it like, you know, $10 a day on, on Facebook see how how much you know you, you get per client if it's a, an acceptable rate you know you got something there as well uh so usually i create content as well and we have like all this i have like video editing team that can create like compelling video to get uh, attention so that's all about testing experimenting but at this point you're really like talking to real people 
you're putting the offer in front of them. And ideally, at that point, you start to get a few sales calls. And then, of course, uh, you can land a few sales at that point. And then you know you got something. And then the last uh, sort of 30 days, which is the, the last piece of this framework, is all about iterating. What have I learned from this you know, experimenting stage? How are people feeling about the offer? Was the offer complaining enough? Can I increase my price now? Do I have testimonials that I can then use to support increasing my price and drive it even more traffic, being more aggressive? Do, have I built like a sales process now? Uh, is there a script that I've learned that really works? Like at that point, I'm really like iterating on all the things I've tested and investigated in the first 60 days. And then from there, I can then scale. And if I want to like compound my effort, bring in a sales guy, you know, uh, you know, throwing some ads, whether that's TikTok, TikTok ads, TikTok ads are pretty good these days. Uh, very, very cheap. Uh, Facebook ads, of course, uh, classic there. And of course, you're going to have like different ways to iterate and sort of like, you know, scale your effort at that point. But that's like a very simple 90 day framework that I use to scale businesses. I typically use it for like my clients who are like, you know, service based businesses, coaches, consultants, agency owners, and they have this idea. That's how we bring it to life very, very quickly. I thought I'd share that because it's a very nice framework that has, has worked well for me. Wow. I think there's some absolute nuggets in there. And I certainly, for one, will be re-listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually like writing a book. Um, I have a, ha had a ghostwriter, by the way, if you want to write a book, just find a ghostwriter. Don't write it yourself yeah. because it's a lot of pain. Uh, and we're basically trying to like break down this methodology and try to like expand on these because I think, you know, if you there's so little barrier to start a business except for knowledge and the information on how to go about it. Uh, there's all the tools out there to help you get your idea to life. You just need to have a framework to help you understand what you're trying to do and, you know, do it accordingly. But uh, yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting project we're working on to kind of put all of this into a book and codify it. Interesting. And and so in terms of the existing clients, with because your agency's relatively new, isn't it? It's not, it's not something you've been yeah, doing last for... two years. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and and in terms of the, the, the types of clients that you typically work with, what's the what's the kind of demographic of, of those that you're working with at the moment? Yeah. So uh, I find that service based businesses are super easy to start because there's low barrier to entry. All you need is your knowledge or a service that someone needs, which really you can even go learn. Like you don't even need to ha know everything and be a super expert. Just find a problem that people have and then offer it to them and you get your first few clients. And the more clients you work with, the better you get at it. Um, so my ideal clients are typically people with service. So copywriting, video editing, um, you know, coaching, executive coaching, business coaching, life coaching, even uh, like like just all just service like that, that is based on either a skill or a knowledge. And I find that people, the, the people who are going to take over 2023 are people who can either sell or people who can build uh, and people who have a service that they can sell. And I think those services are very low hanging fruits that you can, anyone can learn and pick up. And those are the people I work with. Now, I typically will work with people who are more experienced. So they already understand how to deliver the service. It's just a matter of how can we scale the lead generation efforts. That's you. Um, Thank you. And, and so there they have established businesses, but they've probably got some that gaps in their diary and they're looking to basically get fully utilize their time and hopefully the kind of AI and automation elements that you're going to implement will make that mean that their business is more streamlined as well. Is that is that right? 
Exactly. So a lot of the people we work with, they're very good at what they do. They're like management consultants. They they, they do, do they do uh, HR work or some sort of consulting with these big companies. Mm-hmm. They hate marketing. They don't like it. They don't want to do it. And they want to focus on the area of expertise. So basically, they will come to us and they'll say, hey, how can you fill up my calendar? I don't want to do paid ads because I just don't like paid ads. So I don't have the budget for paid ads. I want something more reliable. And LinkedIn is the perfect, LinkedIn automation is a perfect way to generate leads for them. So bring them in front of the ideal clients put the offer in front of them and fill up their diaries. I like that word diary. We call it calendar here in North America, but fill up their calendar with lots of meetings of ideal clients, which allows them to scale. And we only work with high ticket offers because, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I like services because you can increase the price significantly for your service, especially if it's like a done for you model. It could be like $5,000, $10,000. And for them, it makes sense because it makes sense for them to work with us, even though we're a high ticket service, because you know, from two or three or four deals per month, They've done like a 10x you know, return on their investment. So it totally makes sense for them. Even from one deal a month, they're break even already. And then it's more of a, it's not a cost for them. It's a minimum break even. And then, of course, you know, the goal is to have it uh, be a, a, a profit machine for them where they're, you know, 3x and 10x and 20x uh, return on their investment. But that's uh, basically the people we work with. And, you know, it's been a lot of fun uh, sort of working with those kind of people. I find that sometimes they're working with like, you know, uh, life coaches is a little bit tricky because if it's a it's very woo woo, it's sometimes very tricky to sell. If it's more precise service with a quantifiable ROI, usually that's a, a much better service to sell. So you've effectively refined the top your target audience as well over time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey for sure, but it's been good. Yeah, cool. And 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 in terms of like obviously building a business is hard right i know that you're utilizing technology to accelerate that process as much as possible but what what what's the biggest challenge that you faced during that during that journey there are a couple of of difficult challenges the first one is um is is really building something that doesn't rely on you uh something that that can can work outside of you and when you're trying to do, like in the early days of any business, you do things that are unscalable and that's totally fine. Like you got to do that to, to get things going. But after a while, you know, you, you get past the product market phase, you know, there's a problem here, you know, there's a market here and then you need to start building processes and systems. Now that's where things get very tricky, at least in my opinion. For a lot of people, that's not a, that's not a strength, at least not a strength of mine. To really like think of okay how can i build this process and systems where everything is well documented sops for everything you can bring in somebody and they don't have to like ask you for anything sometimes my brain is not really wired to think that way i'm more of like a go 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 guy like let's get this idea going like let's do all these activities and when you start to think of okay how do we uh build all these processes and establish these frameworks uh sometimes that gets a little tricky so in my, in my opinion i think that's sometimes the hardest part of the business because you have to like really sit down and think very deeply about all the steps and everything you need to do so that so that someone else can come in and do them so for me i think that's kind of one of the trickiest part of a business how do you like build those systems and processes that then allow you to not be not to have the business relying on you to 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 operate uh, that's kind of where you know entrepreneurs really <clears throat> really earn their jobs. Of course, I've been learning and improving in that area of skill, but that's always an area where I want to bring in an operator, someone who is more like operations driven or process driven to help me like codify things in my business that I don't even think about. I just do them naturally, but someone else will like need the step by step by step to follow through. That's uh, sometimes very tricky in business. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the skills and where where I've had some success is that kind of basically being able to take a step back dissect the business into tiny little segments 
and then as you say kind of implementing a process or a procedure for each of those uh, but then being able to extrapolate yourself out from it I think that's that it's a difficult thing to do it's hard because you know you you know it backwards and it's easier for you to do it but as a business scales you need to be able to kind of disassociate yourself from these things sometimes don't you that's a challenge I agree. And one of the solutions I'm I'm starting to experiment on doing this is to use a chat GPD kind of platform to help you build those. I was playing around with chat GPD the other day and I said, hey, build me a sales process to implement a referral program, to implement, so build me a, pro, a process to a internal document process to implement a referral program, to implement a lead generation out, uh, outreach, like to implement different kind of process in my system. And it actually did a pretty good job of spinning wow. out the processes and steps by steps for me. And then of course I told it, okay, be more precise about this approach, be more precise about this, be more precise. And it did that really well for me. So I think there's a lot of potential and promise. We have skills like things that are very difficult like that. You can use AI to create those processes for you, at least the foundations, the skeleton framework for it. And then you just go in there and you just improve it and improve it and iterate it. So that is a, a new way I've started to like find to basically walk around my weakness in building those kind of systems and processes in my business. Now, of course, you know, following up and actually implementing them is a whole different ballgame to get. Of course. But, <laughs> but you have to start by at least creating it first and then, you know, you then try to implement it with your, with your team. So I think that's a, a little low hanging fruit to, 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 to do that in your business. No, interesting. So, so Chat GPT is 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 made by OpenAI, isn't it? It's a product that they've, they they launched it like last week or something, like two weeks ago. It's pretty yeah, pretty... a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. it's basically broken the internet. <laughs> yes, uh, there's yeah. so many use cases. I, I spend, I stay up all nights, kind of like it's kind of like a, like like Jarvis, like if you're familiar with the Iron Man franchise, right? So it's mm. like it's like Jarvis, where you know Iron Man is trying to like build this, you know, some some sort of cool. Deck and it's like Jarvis, tell me, calculates, you know, uh, what 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 kind of tools will I need to like, you know, to to build this thing? Okay, can you go make order those tools for me? Okay, tell me a little bit more. Give me five different scenarios of how I can arrange this. Like it's basically your collab. It's not even an, uh, it's not an assistant anymore. It's like your your peer. Uh, it's it's just like a buddy of yours, your creative assistant, if you will. And if you see Jarvis, or if you see OpenAI or uh, ChatGPT as that, you can do some amazing, amazing, you know, cr uh, crazy stuff in your business for you. And I think the future is going to belong to people who know how to use it. Just like there's every information is out on the internet right now, but you need to know how to Google. You need to know how to find and search for them to, to use them. I think ChatGPT is going to take that to a new level where you need to know how to query and ask good questions. And the AI will just deliver what you need based on the level of the quality of the questions you're asking. And uh, I think that's going to be a huge skill in the future. And I think that's going to be a service for selling templated questions of some sort, right? Where you can say, hey, I want this outcome, but I don't know how to ask the AI the question to give me this outcome. Can you give me a step-by-step -step, like framework or asking the right questions? And people will actually sell that as a template for you to to, to get an accomplished outcome. So that's a very interesting business model as well for that. Hmm. No, interesting stuff. And it, I think I think it, in the, it feels to me like in the last year or two, this kind of AI, you know, people have been talking about it for years. And to be honest, before now, it was pretty crap, wasn't it? It wasn't really very good. But right. it's just now that it feels like it's actually beginning to really work and begin to actually, you know, be implemented into real life scenarios, which is, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite scary, but quite exciting at the same time. Yeah, it is very uh, scary and, and exciting because we talk about um, people who are going to lose jobs for sure. But I think it's going to make us as a human species much 
more efficient and much better and it's gonna there's gonna be way more good than the negative just like you know, all the technologies that has come before that uh, people were very scary about the change you know flying it just changed how we see and interact with each other very dramatically i think what ai will do is it will equip us with way more where we're able to focus more on our creative element which is what we should be focusing on i don't know if you're familiar with the uh, maslow's hierarchy of, of, of needs abra maslow's hierarchy of needs where we're able to leave some of the more um survival kind of work uh the grunt work and really be moving more and more higher in the in that hierarchy to self-actualization working on creative tasks and let ai do most of the grunt work for us and we can focus more on, on what makes us unique and our our unique spin to things and AI allows us to bring that to life. So I think that's going to be really cool. Another thing that I think is going to be cool about this AI is also uh, being able to uh, help people do a lot more coding because uh, I come from a coding perspective, so I, I know how to code, but I can understand someone who doesn't have any coding experience is extremely huge barrier to like build anything, right? And if you can query chat GPT, which you can, by the way, you can say, hey, I want to do the X, Y, Z. Okay. Uh, you need, and it will tell you, you need a code for that. Okay, can you write me a script to do that? And it writes you a script. Can you tell me how to set up the script? Like what step do I need to take to like run the script? What machine do I need to do? And it will like provide suggestions and then you go and do it and then you get errors and you put it to ChatGPT. I have this error, what should I fix? And it basically can walk you through everything if you have no idea how to write a code. And I think, you know, that's just a whole new level of, you know, uh, equipping people with the tools they need to like get something done and uh, the time between an idea and execution can be cut very very short where you don't need uh you know you don't need to go pay a developer and i know right now it's a lot of like no code tools that are very helpful to helping you get your idea to life but there's still a barrier because you still need to like understand how to like add everything together and like bring it to life i think what this ai is going to do is really help you create quick mock-ups take it to market test it and of course you know get some uh, some traction and then maybe then pay professionals to like build and expand on that uh, but i think that's a huge opportunity for a lot of like people who are looking to build stuff uh, especially build uh, uh, software tools this is going to just change the game for them and for us i guess yeah i agree because i think historically you know building that kind of prototype so that you can get to mvp minimum minimum viable proposition has been you know it can it, it can cost thousands of pounds and or tens of thousands or pounds or dollars and mm -hmm. and also be you know be a very very difficult process whereas if with no code or low code or chat gpt you can you can build these things kind of almost instantaneously all of a sudden that barrier to entry is is stopped and i think uh, Sean mentioned it on one of my first million episodes recently. It kind of becomes technology doesn't become the barrier anymore. It becomes do you have product market fit and do you have, um, you know, as 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 a kind of vision, is are you the right person to lead this this opportunity and is, does it does it resonate with people? And then it becomes it's a completely different dynamic in in terms of how technology can be implemented. I think it's quite exciting. It is very exciting. Uh, just like how the internet changed everything where you have, you can bring a business to life. You don't have to go to the bank, get a loan, get a physical location. You can do everything from the comfort of your of your bedroom. I think ChatGPT is taking that to a whole new level. And I'm super excited in the next couple of uh, months to see uh, what product people spin up. One of the products that I've been working on with my team is we're thinking, okay, if you can use ChatGPT to create you know music i mean you need to create music you need to create all sorts of things how about if you can bring those things to life instantly for people so you want to create a web page for example for your e-commerce store for your shopify store and you can say hey chat uh, you can you know kind of do something like where you can just type and say i want an e-commerce store for my 
uh, uh, I want to Shopify stuff for my, I don't know, uh, for my clothing clothing brand. Uh, whip me up a, a quick website that feels like this, feels like this, and you kind of just describe a few things, and it just basically whips it up for you and brings it up to life. And you're like, hmm, very interesting. Can you move that cross a little bit down? Can you expand that picture? Can you make that a little bit yellow? And you can just basically like just use your typing to like build something new from scratch. For me, I think that's the future of merging AI to like real world problems where you're able to like create things on the fly. I mean, you could do the same thing, like write a, a children's book. Can you write a children's book with this theme, with this name? Can you add this uh, pictures and this like, you know, color it this way and can you, like just customize everything by just typing and saying it. Do the same thing with music. And there's a lot of tools that does that with music right now. You can use uh, the chat to create all the lyrics for the song. Add, like I play the piano. So this kind of like resonate a little bit with me and add some chord progression to it. And then there's also some platforms you can use that can actually sing it out. Like you can actually use a, a real singer's voice to actually like sing it out. Can you pick Madonna's, Madonna's voice? Okay, can you like write that chord? Oh, let's add some, some, some drums in there. And you're like typing all of those things. Just how you think about it in your head and you can bring it to life. And I think that's a huge opportunity for a business like that that can help you bring things to life that even your grandma can create something complicated by just typing what she had in mind. I think that's a huge business opportunity right there. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it, it, yeah, you just blown my mind again. My brother's a music producer. And uh, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting how that as an industry has evolved and it's gone from being, you know, really analog to, you know, used to have samplers back in the day, but everything was analog and now it's all kind of digitized. And, you know, you, you can have a studio in your MacBook, basically, can't you? Whereas, exactly. you know, th th this is kind of the next evolution of that. I think that that could really disrupt things again. It's, uh, it, it will, it will. Yeah, and yeah. disruption is exciting and it just also an opportunity uh for people to again you gotta keep experimenting and i think you i think we said at the beginning of the chat where all this new technology just it doesn't matter if you don't even know what to do just start experimenting and playing around with things as you start playing around with things you will start to understand okay that's how it works okay that's interesting okay that's like because you start to see connections and before mm -hmm. you know anything an idea will present itself. Whether someone's saying, I wish I could do X, Y, Z. Are you like, of course you can do that. I was playing around with those two, three, four tools. And, mm -hmm. you know, you go build it and then you get product market fit. But because you can only find, and there's a whole thread, uh, uh, Puri actually talked about this in one of the, uh, my first new podcasts, like lock. And lock, there are different levels of lock. There's no pure blind lock where, you know, you just, you you won a lottery and, you know, that's just like, you can't you can, you can legislate for that. And then there's also lock where you, uh, you, you get locked by getting busy. You start, mm -hmm. like you're doing all these activities, you're learning things. And all of a sudden, one day, some opportunity just presents itself, but then you know exactly what to do with that opportunity because you've been experimenting, you've been playing around with things already. And I think that's the kind of lock that most people should be going for is just get busy, play around with things. And eventually you will find an opportunity that meets where you are with what you already know. And then you're just going to be like magic, product market fit. But that didn't happen by accident. It happened because you were already preparing yourself before that opportunity came, but you were Full, you're fully ready to take, take full advantage of the opportunity. And I think that's kind of what, what this charity offers as well. No, it's very, really. And if you, if you, if you connect that up with, you know, the kind of Grant Cardone approach of 10 X everything, 
mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, effectively, you know, the kind of fundamentals of what he's suggesting there. It, it kind of goes back to, um, some, you know, some of the really old kind of, you know, self-help gurus, some of the stuff that they used to say. But fundamentally, if you're not connecting with decision makers on a daily basis, you're never going to sell anything, right? If you've got a product right. or a service. So therefore, if you can accelerate the number of, of, of communications that you have with the right people targeted and consistently doing this, all of these things can can really, really change and accelerate that process if you get the formula right. And as you say, I, I love that phrase of tinkering that mm. you mentioned earlier on that. That's a perfect description of, you know, try it, refine it, you know, split test, et cetera, et cetera. And over a period of time, you find a you find a structure and an approach that works for you. And once you've done it for one thing, then you can do it for another. And, you know, it becomes a, a kind of multiplication game, um, which which gives you and that's the really exciting thing about the Internet. Going back to what I said earlier, that that gives you the ability to to, to make a difference on, you know, to a thousand people. Whereas if it was me wandering around, knocking on doors, going around to people's factories or buildings, I'd never be able to do that. It would take me years. So it, that acceleration it can give you is, is yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting. Yeah, definitely leverage leverage and uh, i think uh, that's one thing that the, the software when it comes back to getting those four levers of leverage software and me- uh, code and media it combined mm. both of those the, the sky is the limit really because you're right uh, i started out my career also knocking on doors like that that was kind of like my, my sure my, me my too yeah and it, the idea was you know you try to lo- knock on i think it was 40 dollars an hour was kind of the goal usually wow. 30 to 40 dollars an hour uh but no I mean, here in canada it gets really cold your hands are freezing you're like really in pain uh i would never do that again by the way but it was a good introduction into like the cold hard world of really knocking off of marketing and that's where it got started but of course today we have tools that can give you way more leverage better ways to reach out to people from the comfort of your bedroom and i think if you're still doing code calling in the classic way i think you know you're missing out on something because there are way more tools that can help you do it much smarter well but you actually you say that i mean there are some guys that i follow that they're actually doing cold calling because the number of cold calls has has dropped off significantly because people aren't doing it so they've now got you know they're going back to cold calling because you're not getting that 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 continuous bombardment that businesses Mm. used to get so Mm. and and because more people are still working from home you potentially Mm. have that ability to 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 directly interact with somebody which historically you know there would have always been a gatekeeper in the way and so on and so forth but yeah it's interesting i mean it, 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 you know, it's 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 a hard slog, you know, cold calling people. It it's is. a difficult thing to do, um, but yeah, it, it, I think I think people are are finding some interesting results from from doing that. But in, in accompaniment with you know the kind of omni channel approach that we've talked about, so you have your your LinkedIn automation running, you know, you do some stuff on Instagram, blah blah blah, YouTube, etc., mm. etc. Et mm. That that all combined can 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 generate some some good results for you. So I, so from 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 a personal perspective so just to switch it up slightly so you know you're you're clearly incredibly busy you're doing lots of lots of things how do you kind of find time to you know dial down a bit and switch off what's your do you, do you have any particular processes that you use personally to to, to help you to relax yes yeah, so uh it's very very important to relax especially for someone like myself and most entrepreneurs are this way their mind never stops especially when you're working from home there's almost like no no difference between work time and family time uh and your mind is always going incredibly fast paced so uh for me what i did is i, I have a hot tub 
So okay. uh, here in Canada, it gets very cold. So a hot tub actually is very nice because you go out in, in the cold and then you have the warmth. Uh, it helps me connect with myself and sort of meditate and just be, be just be still. And I, I try to do that like two, two or three times a week. Uh, and in those hot tubs, I actually come up with my best ideas because in the process of not trying to think and not trying to work, I just let my mind go. And I just like close my eyes and just do the meditation thing and just kind of like look into the sky and, and the stars and whatnot. And all different disconnected ideas start to like come together and make sense. Some just kind of move away. I, they, they, nothing come out of them. But I come up with like some insights or things that I would not have thought of if I was still like in my normal day to day. So for me, that has been the big thing is just you know, doing that hot tub session. And then, of course, uh, going out and just physically exercising as well. I play soccer every week. So uh, that really helps me just kind of like get out of my head and just like interact physically with other people and myself and be I just it'd be a whole different space entirely. Uh, so I think those two things are good. The, the hot up sort of meditation for your mind to kind of like calm things down and the exercise for your body to like just be present and be in the moment. Uh, I think those two things are super, super crucial for entrepreneurs. That's kind of how I sort of like, you know, balance myself out. Okay, yeah, I I agree. And um, in in terms of from from you've clearly read lots of books and you've you know you you've immersed yourself in learning things and then implementing them. Is there any particular books that you would recommend for somebody who's early in their kind of entrepreneurial journey and wanting to you know wanting to get some get some good you know good concepts and good structure put in? Yeah, so uh, two, three, maybe three books comes to mind that I would recommend that has been huge. Oh, that, I'm thinking of the fourth one. But the, the, the number one one I would say is The Almanac of Navar Ravikant. So um, Navar Ravikant has a very, very amazing way of breaking down extremely complex ideas into like very simple sort of philosophical truth. And the reason why is that is like this, are like just frameworks to think in terms of, they're not like, you know, formulas, like say, hey, go do this, like cookie cutters, like, no, you need to think in terms of frameworks and then apply your own unique scenario to those frameworks and find your solution. And I think that's a very, very important thing, skill to, skill to have, because, you know, you can't use everyone's advice, like you got to figure out things to your own self, but you still need frames to think about those things to figure out. And I think the Almanac of Navarravican helps you distill some of those uh, ideas. If you're also on Twitter, you go, can go check, it's, uh, you can find him at Naval, you can check his uh, his, uh, his uh, long form thread called "How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky." I think that's one of the biggest, best Twitter threads of all time. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that thread, but it's amazing. So that's the first yeah, one. Uh, the second one is um, "The Forty Eight Laws of Power" by uh, Robert Greene, and basically, "The Forty Eight Laws of Power" helps you understand that in the game of business and really in the game of life, you know, power is really what life operates on. Power like at every stage in your life you have different levels of power and influence and when you're starting out from scratch from nothing you don't have any power that's when you need to go chase people you need to like go do all this like code outreach and stuff and that's and it basically teaches you the, the law of power how do you go to someone who is way more powerful than you may way more influential than you how do you get them to become a fan of yours how do you get them to invest in your idea or say you know i'm interested in working with you or even as simple as yes i want you to work for me i want you to run my automation i want you to to I, I'll, I'll buy your service basically so there's like very hidden codes or like society codes and we don't like to talk about it as a society because it's kind of seen as a taboo word power but for the laws of power by robert green basically breaks down like all the laws for example one of the his first laws is do not outshine the master 
but that was like you know it, it, as far as love power is like if you have someone who you who's mentoring you or someone who you know sort of like above you in the hierarchy chain don't try to outshine them because that's just a recipe for disaster now of course you got to take that with a little grain of salt because sometimes you got to do what you need to do but it just gives you like frames of human psychology as it relates to influence and power and i think that's something that you just need to have at the back of your pocket to understand how humans work how to get influence and how to get power when you don't have one especially uh, and how to keep it when you do have power eventually so that's the second one i, I recommend the third one that i recommend of course is the four hour work week by tim ferris so uh, i mean that's a classic you know for for the entrepreneur again uh, you just really understand how to use leverage in a different context how to walk how to how to walk less and get more done and i think you know that's something everyone could use if you could walk less and get more done absolutely you should do that uh, i think that's definitely something that you know should uh, should be very important to business owners and then the last one and you know, again there's lots of books but the last one that i think that comes to mind is the, the lean startup by eric rice and it's yeah. basically like the, that, that framework that i shared you know how to like build products with very small iterations like get some feedback build get feedback build get feedback instead of like go and build and then hope that the market will like it almost never works you gotta build in short bus test them get feedback from customers iterate and go on and, and evolve that way so i think those four books would be very very good frameworks of course there are lots of books and i'm sure you do have lots more of uh, mad as well but those four ones i think would be good good places for an entrepreneur to start interesting well look listen i know you're incredibly busy and that has been a whistle-stop tour of a variety of different subjects there so i've really enjoyed talking to you david it's been a incredibly interesting chat as i knew it would be when i saw the the trends videos that you recorded previously on the how to how to set up your own agency and do the link linkedin outbound stuff as well so yeah i've i've certainly learned a lot from your posts and material and i find that you know really valuable so um just in terms of um where we can find you and any closing remarks that you might have um that would be that'd be great but thank you for your time david it's been really insightful yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you bringing me on. As you can tell, uh, I get passionate about some of these things and I just hope I didn't ramble too much and people got uh, some some ideas for some of the things I've talked about. But um, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to share with, you, uh, with, with your uh, audience. Uh, to find me, I'm huge on Instagram. So at David Owasi on Instagram. I uh, recently had a couple of videos go viral. So that has been a lot of fun, getting a lot of followers. One of them got like 800,000 views recently. So that's been wow. pretty, pretty okay. cool. Uh, and then, uh, so on Instagram, you can find every all information about me and I post very, very frequently every day on there. And then on LinkedIn as well, at David Owasi. So those will be the two primary places that I am very active on. And then uh, if you're interested in my agency, which is lead generation or how I do things or basically what we do, aceyourbusinessacademy.com is the, the website. Uh, you can find that link on any of my LinkedIn or Instagram anyway. So maybe just go on LinkedIn or Instagram and you can find out in my bio how to access uh, my website where we talk about our services. In terms of last words, I, I would say that uh, this was something I said earlier on. This is something actually said by Neville Ravikant, and he says the future belongs to people who can do one of two skills or do both, sell or build. So you need to be able to like sell stuff. So when we say sell, it doesn't have to be like just you no know, little sales. It could be copywriting, right? It could be content creation. You need to be able to sell an idea and get people on board with the idea. Now, the medium you choose can be very, very different. So you need to find a medium that works best for you. Are you better on video? Are you better writing? Are you better, you know, doing podcasts like this one? Like find a medium to sell your ideas. It doesn't matter what you're selling. Just find a medium that you're comfortable selling. The second one is building. You need to find a way to build things. So basically, it doesn't mean like building software necessarily, but you need to find a way to build teams 
people who can do more technical stuff than you or you need to know how to like use no code tools to like build like mvps or like to build mock-ups or things you need to or you need to like know how to like you know create videos and edit them like you need to find a way to know how to build something it doesn't matter what you're building but you need to know how to build and if you can do both build something and be able to sell it you know the sky's limits for you so i think focus on those two skills and you'll be golden that's kind of what never can say and that's what has worked for me personally myself so uh, it's been a good uh, exercise for me for me Great closing remarks. Well, I've enjoyed it and uh, yeah, look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening to The Growth Show with Matt Lindsay. Please like our podcast and subscribe today.